Welcome to the Victory Theory Podcast with your host, Kevin Hooker. Sophie Spatero. And Nicole Rogers. And on today's episode, we have Hank Bagwell. Hank is a filmmaker, and he was also in the Army, and uh, and he was a realtor at one time. So I'm going to let Hank tell you a little bit more. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, buddy. You're, you're welcome. Hey, Hank. Would, hi there. How are you guys? Doing good. Good, good, good. Happy to have you on tonight. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. I, I, I was actually looking forward to it, so I'm glad we were able to get the time to do it. Same here. Oh, Hank, I was going to let you tell a little bit about yourself to uh, start out. Oh, well, okay. Well, you mentioned the real estate thing. It's funny because I, I, I haven't done that in like about 10 years, but still about once a week. Uh, I, was, um, I, was, I was really successful in the real estate business, which was a great lead into the film business, if you can believe that, um, because I, I really liked the business side of, of film production. And it was it was kind of like a training ground for that. But um, I still get calls about once a week from friends of mine going, hey, man, how do I do this deal <laughs> when it comes to like a real estate thing? So it's kind of fun for me still. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I did a little short stint in the Army. Um, it's, it's a funny story how that kind of happened. We can talk about it if you want to. Um, I wasn't in very long. Um, I, I got injured and they EPTS me, said my injury existed prior to service, which wasn't necessarily true. But, you know, that's the. That can be some of that for you. So right, right. Somebody so, fumbling around over there. There we go. <laughs> I saw you were uh, you were born in Missouri. Yeah. Um, so my family has a ranch on the Arkansas Missouri line. My grandparents. Uh, my grandfather came home after World War II and married my grandmother, and they started. My grandfather started buying land from. Uh, still the government and local people there and things like that. And he was able to, you know, cut timber, sell it, pay for the property, things like that. And then he was raising cattle. So a lot of times when, you know, I was raised by a single mom, my mom is a saint. My mom is like one of the best people you ever meet in your life. Um, and uh, so they, you know, my grandparents helped my mom, you know, raise me in the beginning. So, you know, it was like farm, farm life for me out in the middle of nowhere. You know, people ask me about my ranch and I'm like, which we don't, we don't do cattle or horses or anything anymore on it mostly just hunting but my grandfather used to say you know it's just a piece of ground holding the world together so um <laughs> but it was great you know and then um i went to school in a really small town and i and i knew that i kind of wanted to um get out and um i had went to i guess i can just kind of give you that a little bit of a breakdown i went to seminary because i thought you know what i'm going to be a missionary and i did do a lot of missions work i was we were building churches and hospitals and um, you know, and uh, orphanages and things like that. It was it was really a cool time in my life, and 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 I'm grateful for that. And like I said, it kind of gave me some experiences to to do some other things. And then I got out, and um, uh, well, I, I kind of went back home, and I got into this little factory job, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, and I I had this uh, what people call wanderlust. This you know, I, I just I wanted to get out and see the world, and so then I was working at this little factory that my uncle had gotten me a job at. And um, then 9-11 happened. So I'll never forget standing on the back of, we made magazines at this company. And I thought, okay, now's the time that I, that I go. And I'm like, I need to go serve my country. This is what I'll do. And at the time I was fighting. So I was in really good shape. I was in really good shape. And um, 
and so I went in and I took a, and I went in, I just wanted to be a linguist because I wanted to travel and I just wanted to be a linguist. So 9-11, I go to the recruiter and they take me down and I take my little test and um, then they come back and they're like, okay, well, you can test, you have to take this D-Lab test. And so I go and take this D-Lab test and I walk out and this guy comes running in the room and he's just beaming from ear to ear. And uh, he goes, he goes, well, he goes, I got good news and I got some bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? And I'm like, just, just spill it, man. He goes, well, the bad news is it's missed being a linguist by one point. And, and I was like, oh, and he goes, but the good news is, is he goes, uh, they're running a pilot program for Green Berets. And he goes, and we're only taking 300 people. And uh, he says, uh, but no, but we, the, the people that are in good shape, we can't get to, we can't get to pass the D-Lab test. And the people that can pass the D-Lab test can't pass the physical test because you had to pass all the physical stuff. You know, it was like a high, you know, you had to be in really good shape to get in. And so mm-hmm. I, I was like, and he's all excited. And I just go, nah, I'm good. and he's like and his face just drops and he's like what like he's not what he was expecting from me and I was like no man I just want to be a linguist and later I found out that you know I did score high enough to be um the uh, that I did score high enough to be a linguist he was just trying to put me through and so I started um I was just like no man I'm good and he was like and I started to get up to leave and he's like no 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 wait he goes now 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 don't you I mean and and mind you also growing up in little bitty Arkansas I had tried I really wanted to go into the Air Force or into the Coast Guard and Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, this will be really fun. Well, I couldn't get any of those guys to call me back. It, I mean, this goes on for like a month, and I can't get anybody to call oh, me back wow. from those two. Right? I mean, it was just, you know, we had an Army recruiter, a Marine recruiter, and a Navy recruiter. And, you know, in, in, in Northeast Arkansas, that was about all you were getting, you know. And um, and you got to remember, this is back in, you know, early 2000s. Like I said, just right after 9-11. So, so I'm getting up to leave, and he's like, no, 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 wait. He goes, don't you want to travel the world and see the world? I'm like, yeah, but I mean, that's, I'm not interested. In, you know, I'm, I'm just not interested in this. He goes, but you're going to be in, he says, you're going to be in E5, and, and I think it was like 18 months or something ridiculous like that, which is a whole complete other story. And uh, and so I'm getting up, and I'm just like, no, man, I'm good. I'm good, and he's throwing this reason, this reason, this reason. And then finally, he just goes, uh, it comes with a $50,000 signing bonus. And I just Why didn't stopped. you start with that? <laughs> That's exactly what I said to him. I just went around and I go, I said, well, why don't you just start with that? And yeah. <laughs> so, so it was fun for me. So I, I joined and then, you know, I, I injured uh, while I was in basic and, um, so that's a that's a whole long other story, but uh, yeah. So you know, I, I did what I could, and um, after that, I went and I was just like, well, now what am I doing? I mean, I'm this young guy, really. I'm like, what am I going to do now? And my mom's like, you'd be really good at real estate, I think. And turns out she was right, I was, and um, and so I had a lot of success in that. And then when the market crashed, I was like, man, you know, I'm making all this money, but what do I really want to do with my life? Like, what do I really? want to you know accomplish or achieve and i always say that i had a conversation with my eight-year-old self and i said um i want to be a filmmaker like i want to make indiana jones you know so uh the market's crashing i'm losing everything that i've that i've got and uh, it just it, it it was one of the most miserable times of my life and so um i moved to Nashville, Tennessee to this crappy little film school um, that I won't say the name of. (laughs) Uh, I had had $200 in my pocket when I moved there. And, And I started getting in, I started making some really good contacts and I started meeting a lot of people. Well then, um, I thought, okay, I, I need more than this. So I wound up going to Full Sail University down here in Orlando 
and um, or Winter Park, if you want to call it, and um, really started to jump into the business side of filmmaking. And there was so much stuff that I wanted to do. I was doing these reality uh, pilots. I was doing a bunch of shorts. I was doing all these things. And then I was working on this a short film about addiction and this reality stuff. And um, and it was sorry, my dog's over here whining. <laughs> um, and and so then I had a, a friend of mine who his son was all of a sudden just came became really sick, became really ill. And I was like, wow, that's odd. You know that. I mean, he's a I mean, he's a healthy guy and he's uh, driving uh, a truck and all of a sudden he gets, you know, just out of the blue. He gets crippling arthritis. He gets Crohn's disease. So he comes down with all this stuff. And at first I and I've always had a soft spot for Vietnam veterans. I'll just start off by saying to me, my grandfather was one of my heroes, my grandfather and my mother. But my grandfather was, you know, World War Two vet. Those guys came back and everybody loved him. Right. And um, but the the vietnam guys to be treated the way that they were treated um it was it, it opened my eyes because i see people go oh well that's sad you know you see them you know i'm oh well that's sad that's that that's sad and i was like man you know what what can i do to get people to think you know that, that you know that this we need to be doing something more than that and 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 i try not to get too political but when people always argue about you know budgets or something they'll say well we've got all these problems with veterans and this and that and the other and i, and I just always go okay well what are you doing to help them you know, what are you yeah. doing to help them? And, you know, it's easy to sit back and look and go, oh, well, the government should be doing this. The government should be doing this. And while that may be true, it's also we have a self-responsibility to help uh, people who have done so much for us. And um, when I found out that his injuries um, or these sicknesses, these illnesses, diseases, whatever you want to call them later in life, were due to his father's service serving in Vietnam and his exposure to agent orange, it just rattled me. And, I, and so I finished some of the projects that I was working on and immediately jumped into this. And so the interesting thing about this project is that it has been four years now. I'm on four years now, mind you, one of those years, you know, half of it was COVID and the other half I was in kind of in a, a car accident. So I was taking it easy there a little bit, but it's, um, but a solid, you know, just getting into it and trying to chase down these rabbit holes. Like I've been listening to, every audio book, grabbing every piece of information, um, reading every book I can get a hold of that's, you know, been printed back in the 19, you know, 40s and stuff. And it has just been, it, it's been a, um, it's been a journey to say the least. And, yeah. you know, it's, um, and I get people who are like, oh man, thank you for what you do. And I'm just like, man, I'm not doing anything. I'm just like, you guys are the ones that, you know, are the, are the champions. I'm just, grateful to be able to tell a story, you know, for you guys. And, yeah. um, and so Kevin, you I know, I interviewed him. Real eye opener too. You know what I mean? Well, you know, uh, I, <laughs> I, I say this, so I told you I went to a seminary when I was younger and there was a guy, uh, he said, um, he, he was always into, you know, uh, the, the devil, this, the devil, that, you know, it was almost like a water boy movie, you know, Bobby Boucher, Oh, the devil, maybe, you know, <laughs> the devil, the devil. And, uh, he said, uh, one, one person told him, said, I bet you just see a devil behind every bush. And he says, no, no. He goes, I used to. He goes, now I see three or four. And uh, it's kind of rubbed off on me like that when it comes to if I'm just out in public and I'm talking to somebody and they're like, you know what? I, I've got cancer. And, you know, I, I never knew I had, you know, nobody in our family's ever had cancer. And I'm just like, oh, your grandfather was in Vietnam. And I look over and go, how would you know that? And I'm like, oh, lucky guess, you know. Yeah. And it has really made me open like that. And one of the saddest parts that has 
really jumped out. And it's like I said, and I told some Vietnam guys this, some of the vets, and, and I've grown to just love them. I mean, I, I love those guys. It is, they are truly true American heroes because it's one thing to serve your country when everybody's proud of you and everybody's, you know, supporting you and everybody's wishing you all the best. And it's another one to admire your father and grandfather and great grandfather who served this country. And then you're going off trying to do the same thing. And all you're getting is just, I mean, mistreated. I mean, truly mistreated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to the Vietnam guys, I mean, the, the, I love those guys. There, there's, there's no truer or greater American hero than the Vietnam veteran to me. You're so right. So right. Mm-hmm. Yep, my daddy's one. Well, tell him is he still around? Yes, thankfully he is. Good, good. good. Tell him I said thank you and welcome home. I most certainly will. Actually, when uh, maybe afterwards we can ca- uh, kind of chat a little bit because I have um, my dad was the executive director of AMBETS, mm-hmm. which is a huge veterans organization. So maybe we could chat and like see if there's anything those guys might be able to share with you. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I'll tell you, I'm only about, I'm about five interviews, maybe six away from finishing the film. And there's just, I I was interviewing a lady in Times Beach, Missouri, uh, Marilyn Leisner, who was a mayor there when that um, town was destroyed, sprayed with dioxin. And she said to me, she goes, uh, so, how far down the rabbit hole have you gone? <laughs> I'm, like, oh my. I'm like, you have no idea how far down this rabbit hole. She goes, oh, I do. And it's like, you think you start, you think, you think you know the story. And the wonderful thing about this film for me has been just incredibly, it's like you said, eye-opening to me to see how people just haven't pieced this together or it, it, it's just in broad daylight. It, it's, it's like we're walking outside and we're looking at it, we're going, oh, the sky's blue. And people are going, is it? But is it? <laughs> but is it? And I'm sitting there going, yeah, yeah, it's it's blue, you know, it's blue. And there, you know, and it's it's it really has become like that to where people in we have so much misinformation out there, and and people are paying for this information for this misinformation and um, and to deceive us intentionally, and to where you know I've I've talked to so many uh, second generation and third generation. Um, what I call secondhand and thirdhand orange. And it's incredible how people just look at You can put people side by side, you know, uh, siblings that were born before the, before we went to Vietnam and then siblings were, you know, the people who were born after they can, and the, the health um, differences between those two and it's over and over and over again. And then you start comparing that to, you know, all different kinds of sites that are around the world, actually. And you just sit there and scratch your head and go, okay, this doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. And right. I don't want to, I don't want to give away the movie, but um, it's, it blows my mind that we have allowed these companies to continue to poison and compete and continue to destroy our generations of young men and women with, with no repercussion, with, with nothing. And everybody, and everybody else say, Oh, you know, well, there was this, you know, 250 or $70 million settlement. And I'm like, you, you realize how little amount of money that was when you start spreading that out. I, I, I think it was $10,000 per veteran. If, if you had these absolutely terrible 
terrible, you know, issues. And then they paid you out like a thousand dollars over 10 years or something. I mean, they paid you out like a thousand dollars a year over 10 years or something, something like that. And right. it, it, I'm just sitting there just going and people go, Oh, well, they did their part, you know, and now we're doing cleanups over in Vietnam and, and the federal government is over there, you know, burning all this stuff and God knows creating what kind of problems. Um, and, and I didn't used to be this guy. I've always been a conservationist. I've always, when I was little, I wanted to be a, a filmmaker and I wanted to um, work for National Geographic. That's what I always, my mom always got me these. Um, I was into two things. I was into baseball and I was into National Geographic. And so I loved those kind of things. And that was always what I wanted to do. And so, but now I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing than this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, it's, it's an honor and it's a pleasure to, to meet people that, that I can actually, you know, help. And, um, you know, it's, I've, I've been very fortunate because there's some people who have loved, uh, the cause and loved me and cared about me enough to, um, to help me make these things because they're not cheap, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, my late friend, Barbara Hart, um, from down here in Lakeland, uh, was a real believer in this and she passed away back in May. And, uh, and, and I wish she was around to see it, but you know, she's a, she can look at it. She can, she's going to watch from heaven. So. Um, she, she's just, she was just an amazing woman. And, and like I said, without her and, uh, and without her and her family, th- this wouldn't be being made. So I'll give a shout out to her and, and them. Wow. And I have to say, Hank brought out a lot of emotions in me when he was interviewing me, got me to talk about stuff I usually don't even talk about. So that was, you did well. well. <laughs> I'll tell you something funny. This is, I, I don't know if I told you the story when I was there, but um, the veterans, they're so much fun because you have this responsibility, I think, as a filmmaker to, to do two things, to shut up and listen, just shut up and listen. And people will just start telling you because, you know, silence is awkward. And I learned that in, you know, in sales. And so it made it easy to start interviewing people because I would just sit there and just shut up. And it's awkward. You're having this moment where uh, you're just sitting there going and you have this awkward silence and people just start talking. Well, we'd set up the equipment and um, most of the time it's myself or myself and one to two other people. Uh, My nephew went with me and and helped me uh, film. And I think he's been bitten by the bug, you know, the documentary bug. It's, it's a lot different to tell a real story and tell people who, you know, that are going through emotions of what's happened to them and their children and their families and so on and so forth. And, um, um, it was, but the veterans would get, to, they'd get together and they'd go, okay, well, this is a real movie. Cause they'd see the cameras come out and they're like, oh, this is like a real thing. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> well, it was funny because then your second responsibility is you can't just rip off this bandaid. First of all, if you get a Vietnam veteran to talk to you about this mm-hmm. stuff, it's incredible in and of itself. And what I noticed was it's a brotherhood to where one would, if you could convince one and one of the first ones that I ever talked to was a man named Ken Gamble, who is one of the most beautiful people in the world. And, and you need to, you need to get him on there sometime. He, um, he runs something called the orange heart metal foundation and he created a medal that would honor, um, veterans of Vietnam who, you know, that they say we were killed there, you know, we were sprayed and we were killed, sprayed and betrayed, you know, is the same. We were sprayed and we were killed there. And then, you know, and, and now they've spent however many years it's been, you know, for, um, depending on when they were there, covering this thing up, covering up, acting like that none of this happened, 
you know. And mm-hmm. so not only you're talking about that, but so you'll talk to one of them and then the other one, somebody else will call you um, and they'll say, hey, um, I talked to so-and-so and uh, he says that I should talk to you. And I'm like, OK. And I think there's this, uh, where they're getting a, a little bit pissed off, if I can say that, to where they didn't used to talk about a lot of things. But now they're starting to talk about it a little bit. And in the film, I kind of want to encourage uh, veterans to talk to their kids because there's going to come a time to where people are going to deny being like, oh, well, your dad was never sprayed or your grandfather was never sprayed. Or if this was really going as far as we think it, you know, it's going to go, it, your great, great grandfather was never in Vietnam. And you're going to be like, oh, no, wait, here, I've got records now. And, yeah. and, and that's going to be important. But um, the other thing, you know, I said that second responsibility is when you're tearing off that Band-Aid, and you're talking, you're having these guys, Kevin, you were talking about, you know, like going through an emotional process there in the interview. And you are because especially when you're interviewing and you're, you're just, you're reliving. Yeah. These guys, you're, uh, if you just shut up long enough, they'll feel, they'll tell you everything that you want to know and everything that they're comfortable with. But when that happens, you can't just turn off the camera, shut everything down go, okay, guys, well, thanks, man. I appreciate you, buddy. And just, and head out, you know? And so right. normally I spend a day or two or three with them to see if they're okay. I make sure I was, I, I was interviewing a guy one time and there were a group of them there. I was interviewing him and he was, he was bragging on his service, which I thought was great. He was bragging on a lot of things. And he starts talking about how he um, eats alone. Uh, he still eats alone. He lives alone. He, has never been able to um, maintain a real relationship or anything kind of thing. He doesn't want to be around people. And I, I just had to, I just basically stopped the interview because there was no, he didn't have a support system that was around him that once I rip off this mandate and we start talking about this stuff, you know, um, he has nobody that he can just go to and go, okay, you know, and most of these guys, like I said, it's a brotherhood. So they are, they're good. And I still talk to all of them, all of them that I talk to, um, that I've interviewed, you know, that are still around, sadly enough. Um, but, you know, I, I've maintained a relationship with them and I'll stay, you know, a day or two or three, whatever it is until, until I think, and they think that they're, you know, fine. And, um, but something funny, one of them would, um, come in, um, and he, <laughs> they'd go, they'd, they'd come out, man, you could tell they were just a wreck, you know, and they got tears in their eyes and this and that and the other. And, um, and then I'd go interview their buddy. And then uh, uh, their other buddy or something like that. And they'd come out and then they'd call me. And the first thing they wanted to know is they'd go, did he cry? (laughs) (laughs) So they were like, you know, I cried. I cried like a baby. Did my buddy cry? Did he cry? Come on, tell me. You know, and it was always funny to me. And they all did it. Every one of them did it. They're like, what, did he cry? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So it was great, you know. Just a little humor from those guys. It's awesome that you love what you're doing and you're getting people to open up and share some it, of the. Uh, it's tough. I mean, you know, I just, I mean, you guys, yeah, I mean, you guys are been, you know, you know, have been around vets or served yourselves. I mean, and, but when you're talking about something that was going on like that, that kind of, warfare in Vietnam just baffles me, you know, that we're, I, I, I don't think I want to get off on that tangent, but um, 
know, I've developed some some very strong opinions about um, it's. I'll say this: I'm I'm not left nor am I right. Um, I, people ask me, you know, as soon as they find out that I'm in um, uh, a documentary filmmaker, they always want to know what uh, uh, where my political alliances lie, and I just tell them that I hate them all, and they just kind yeah. of laugh at it, you know, but. Um, somebody was running for president. I, I won't get into it for that. Um, if, you, if you know it, you can just know it. But um, he said that two, two different things, and they were both from politicians. And one of them said, um, if you can't afford to take care of your veterans when they come home, then you can't afford to go to war. And that's one of the truest things I've ever heard in my life. And right. it's because we have these guys still today that are suffering. And, mm-hmm. and we need to get away from the thing of, you know, saying, those guys going, Oh, well, that's sad. Well, that's just real sad because we've got some more stuff coming up. We can talk about the Vietnam guys, but we can get in and, and you guys may have, you know, already interviewed a bunch of people for this, but um, we um, we're getting into the point to where we're going to have the guys coming back who, uh, you know, going to have people coming back from, yeah. you know, all kinds of stuff that's going to be going on. And it's the same thing just repeating itself every single time we turn around. And at what point are we going to say, okay, enough's enough. Like yeah. enough is enough. Let's fix the problem. And that was the other thing. One of the other, he was running for president and he said, uh, they were asking about the war in Iraq and uh, you know, whether we should be there or not, or whether we should have went or whether we should never, whatever. And he said, uh, he goes, you know, something interesting. He goes, it doesn't matter. He goes, when I was little, I was raised by my mother. I was told when we went in the store to not touch anything because what, if you break it, you buy, you buy it. it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, so it doesn't matter whether we should have been there or not. And it's the same thing with all this stuff that's going on. It's, it doesn't matter whether we should be there. It doesn't matter whether we shouldn't be there. None of that matters. But if we break it, we buy it. And it's our responsibility to take care of these veterans now that they're home. The, just because they're done with the purpose that the government wanted them for doesn't mean that that, that still doesn't linger with them. And, it, and it's our responsibility to make sure that we fix what we broke. And when I say we as a country, you know. Very much so. Exactly. I love yeah, that. Go ahead, Kevin. I love that you're helping the veterans and the second generation. You know, you're helping like a whole big demographic. You know. Yeah. It just ties together. You know, it just. It, I have a. I have a real strong desire to just tell you everything that the film's about. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I just want to tell you all because I'm excited for people to hear. But it's you know. It, you just sit back and you can just connect the dots and just go, holy shit. Like these people, they knew, like they knew what they were doing and they didn't care and they know now and they still don't care. And I have to be careful with some things that I say because it's, you know, lawsuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a couple. I got some attorneys who are um, just like, you know, they're going to help me, you know, make sure that we can navigate some landmines because, you know, these you're, you're talking about the people. Well, I'll give you an example. One in particular chemical company. Um, <laughs> yeah. One in particular chemical company after they got in this lawsuit and then they politically maneuvered around it to get it thrown out, then put liens against all of these these people who were sick against their homes oh my god it's insane and like you you sit there and you go you're full of crap there's no way that yeah that 
that happened. <laughs> that shit happened. And and finally, they got a judge to go, hey, man, really? I mean, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to sit there and look and go, oh, these people are all sick. So now you're going to go and try to make an example and scare everybody else from doing something. And so now we're going to get so now we're just going to, you know, take your homes to cover our legal fees. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you just you can you can just look and you can just start stringing these things together. And your your mind is just astounded. But I'm going to tell you something. You just keep going and it just keeps going and it keeps going. I've got. Um, well, I, I can't really get into a whole lot of that, but, um, <laughs> I've got, I've got information that is it just, you sit there and you just start stringing it together and you're sitting there going, all of this makes complete sense. All of it. It's, it's like I said, the sky's blue, the sky's blue. It's not that hard and we're still doing it. We're still doing it. And it just, it, it baffles my mind. So yeah. And a day or so I'll have all my, uh, medical records coming your way too. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm getting them. Uh, like I said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in over my head. Um, <laughs> some of this stuff because, you know, you're trying to understand chemistry and then you're trying to understand the, um, you know, the legalities of how all these court cases went down and how everything happened. It's just, it's insanity. And you're just trying to keep up with it and, and try to follow it as best as you can. But I think you're going to like the film because I'm trying to, sort through all the noise and sort through all the chaos and really challenge people's minds to where when they leave and they, they, that when they stop, when they, when they finish the film and it's over that they no longer look at it and go, Oh, that's sad. Right. I said, how can I get people to say, to stop going, Oh, well that's sad and actually give a shit about what's happening with people. Right. And I thought, Oh, this is it. And so when my friend got sick, I thought that this is it that I can look at somebody, I can look at the kids and the grandkids and go, okay, this is why you should give a crap about your um, father or grandfather's uh, illness. Or this is why you should care about some guy that you don't even know. This is why you should care about what Agent Orange did to him. What these, you know, what um, um, you can, there's so many, the Project Ranch Hand is what, I, is what I'll call it. But, you know, when they sprayed all these chemicals and they did all these things to people. So to get people to go from, uh, oh, well, that's sad to actually giving a crap and doing something. And and I think that's going to be in seeing what it's doing to them and to their children and to their children, to their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. So we have to start doing something. We have to start saying something, you know, as a as a people and as a global citizen, you know, we have to start looking at it and, and saying, okay, there's it's it's enough of lining people's pockets while we're all, while everybody else is getting sick and nobody else knows why, you know, because you're talking about in a couple of generations, there's going to be, all kinds of crap and nobody's going to have a clue why. And when they do try to start getting information, it's going to, they're going to be stonewalled big time. Uh, Fred Wilcox wrote, who I interviewed for the film, wrote a book called waiting for an army to die. And it's one of the absolute truest things in the world, because once those guys are gone, all the information is gone. Right. You know, so Mm. I mean, they were, they were challenging these guys when they, they passed a, I'll call it the Agent Orange Act. Um, but they said, oh, well, if you were exposed um, while you were there and you reported it within a year of being home. Well, those guys didn't even know what that was, man. They were being yeah. told that it was, you know, just uh, that it was nothing. You could, uh, oh, you could drink this stuff. One of the idiots said, not a, uh, yeah, I'll just I'll <laughs> slow it down. But so, so I was like, oh, you could drink that stuff. Shut up. No, you're going to drink the most one of the deadliest chemical compounds ever created by man. And um, 
it's, you know, I, like I said, I have a tendency just to want to tell you everything about the film, but um, I, I will tell you that my, I did a little short film. I was working on the Vietnam film and my um, RV broke down in Ogallala, Nebraska. And I met these uh, two twin brothers who are Korean war veterans and they had collected um, when they got out, they started collecting petrified wood and they started collecting fossils from all over the world and natural stones and all these things. And, and um, so my little, 1989 Toyota Dolphin was broke. It was smoke rolling out from under the hood just after we replaced the engine. Turned out to be a, a, a belt for the air conditioner. So I just finished the trip without air conditioning, which wasn't bad. But um, we, uh, so I went in and I met these guys. And man, they are the sweetest, sweetest uh, little guys and twin brothers. And they had collected all this stuff. And it's just out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. And I said, Hey, can I interview you guys? And they're like, sure. So I get all my uh, gear out that I had in, we're working on the Vietnam film and mm -hmm. rolling through and I make this, I get all this footage and I, I go on about my business. Well, about two years later, I finally have time to go back and work on just this little short. And so we did that and, and it's done really well in the festivals and it won the wild West film festival. And it uh, was an official selection of a couple of others. And it's just done really, really well. I just happened to look up and there was the thing on there and, um, and so we're, I'm just really proud of that one. We got a couple other shorts coming, but the awesome. thing I'm really, really excited for people is to see this Vietnam film coming out. What was the one that you were just talking about called? It's called A Legacy in Stone. And uh, okay. it'll be, we'll release it soon. But um, right now it's still in film festivals. So we're working on that. And we've got some other projects that are in the market. So some reality stuff that we've done and things like that. But like I said, um, I want to do this and I want to finish this one and hopefully it'll be in festivals this fall. And then um, hopefully fingers crossed, I'll be in Vietnam working on part two. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's going to be, um, I'm actually trying to learn a little Vietnamese right now. I got this little app and say, Oh, are you ready for your five minute Vietnamese lesson? Let's learn some Vietnamese today. So. Yeah. When you told me that, I was him I was going to be his baggage carrier. Yeah, I said, come on, let's go. <laughs> you need a vacation, Kevin. Right? Yeah, you do. I try to get him to come down here. I think he's actually going to come down in Florida and hang out with me for uh, for a week or two or something. We'll see what happens. We can get him down here. We're playing. And, and Kevin, if you do and you don't roll your booty 20 minutes away from where he's at, you and I are going to have problems, buddy. I know, right? <laughs> No, I'm in that, Sanford, Hank. Oh, there, oh there we go. Okay, you're in Sanford. You're right up the road. I'm then. in Sanford. Yeah, first. Well, cool, cool. <laughs> That's not too far at all. Uh, it's. I'll um. I'll tell you something funny. So I was at Disney on Monday with a friend of mine, and all these people. So Kevin is the master marathon man. I mean, he just like he loves to you know do all these. Have, what's the longest one you've done, Kevin? Uh, 10K so far. Okay, 10K. And he has all these medals. I mean, you guys have seen him there at his house. He has all these medals, right? And I'm sitting mm -hmm. here going, man, this guy's like a badass. He's, you know, he's trucking through all of this stuff. I mean, you wouldn't think that he had anything at all wrong with him, you know, based upon all this stuff, right? But he's doing everything that he's supposed to be doing too. Uh, but I thought about you the other day because I was at Disney and they had just did this marathon thing. And these people had did like a 50, uh, what is it? Uh, 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 49 miles I think it's 49 miles is what they wound up doing and, wow. wow and somebody goes yeah and somebody goes oh Hank are you gonna do that I said listen 
If you see me running, you need to, don't ask a question. You just take off running too the other way, like trip the nearest person next to you because whatever it is I'm running from yeah. is bad. <laughs> I did this one time. With the, What's that? With the, like, two weeks, I did 48. Oh my gosh, y'all are out of your minds. I, I, I have so much admiration because. But it's um, weeks, so hey, it took a while. I'm just not built for that kind of cardio. I told you I did that five and a half miles today. And, uh, and it's, I've got this wonderful little park down here that I'll, you know, that's called Circle B and it's, you know, alligators and eagles. It's just a wilderness park, but it's so, so amazing. And it just, it, it, it even goes back into more. I was listening to, um, uh, a guy's book that you guys really should check out. I'll, I'll plug it. I don't know him. Um, but I think it's called here. I can pull it up right here. Um, it's called, seed money and it's by a guy named Barto Elmore and he's just man the guy's incredible I'm trying to get he's one of the guys that I want to interview for the film to to put in there as well and but there's so many unsung heroes that are out there right now trying trying to do you know trying to do things for us all that we don't even know about you know and he's one of them. And I, and I was out there listening to it and I'm walking around this beautiful nature preserve and I'm sitting there going, this is what, this is what it should be like. This is what life should, you know, without all these chemicals, without all these things. And, and uh, I never thought that I would really go down that um, path of being, I've always been a conservationist, um, but you start trying tying that into an environmentalist and things like that, you know, cause I love to hunt. I love to fish. I love to do all those kind of things. Um, yeah. But when you just see what, uh, what, unchecked large corporations have just gotten away with time and time and time. And I mean, you can just go, it's not one or two times. It's not five or six times, you know, it's not 10 or 20 times. It's just over and over and over and over. And, you know, it's a slap on the wrist or there's nothing going on, you know, and it's a, it's a sad, sad thing, but being out there kind of reminded me of that and reminded me of Kevin, you know, with his, with all of his walking and, and, and running. Yeah. Kevin's a beast, that's for sure. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank y'all. Thank y'all. <laughs> I can't wait to see your movie. I'm really excited about it. Thank you. It's um, I'm just uh, like I said, it's been a labor of love, and without some people, you know, who have really cared about the cause and um, and cared about me, and you know, and the stories that I was trying to tell, um. It, it wouldn't be made possible. So, and, uh, and I have fallen, I, I just fell in love with documentary filmmaking and it's so weird because, you know, I wrote a novel that I'm getting ready to, um, I say that, I say that I've been working on this thing for forever and then I get tied up, you know, making a film or, you know, whatever kind of thing. And it kind of, the novel always gets put on the back shelf, but you know, there's part of me that always wants to do, um, you know, a feature just film, you know, write uh-huh. something, put it out. But I find it so fascinating to do documentary work because you just can't make this up. I mean, you can't, you can't make up, you know, what companies have done time and time again, what governments have, have covered up and and helped them do. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. And I I tell people all the time that um, after I get through with this film, I'm going to make one about puppies, but (laughs) but I'm not, I'm actually going to make more light hearted, but I'm actually going to, I think we're going to do part two. So um, while strike, while the, Strike while the iron's hot, so to speak, and um, yeah. it's it's incredible. Just even some of the things with certain unsaid corporations that they're already getting their hooks in other places, and and have had for a long time. But even specifically um, Vietnam, 
So, yeah. But there well, is good hope. It's been a pleasure having you on. And, well, thank and you, I'm guys. looking forward to all of this stuff coming and seeing where you take it and how people receive it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it's well received because it's it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, and I changed my kind of in the middle of it. I was I, th I kept thinking, you know what? There is no smoking gun. There is no ooh, I gotcha kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's all out there. It's all out there. It's the sky is blue. All you have to do is just open your eyes and it's right there and mm -hmm. you don't have to. And so when people say, well, we don't have enough, we don't have enough. Yes, we do. Yes, we have enough evidence. Yes, we do. Like that's, it. I've had enough of that kind of stuff. We have all the evidence we've ever need and we've had it since the 1940s. So Let's just let's now let's not talk. There's a big elephant sitting right over in the room. And so rather than pretending it doesn't exist, let's just have a conversation because it's different when you have a problem and nobody wants to talk about the problem. That's mm -hmm. completely different than all of us sitting in a room and one of us says, hey, there's a big elephant in the room. And somebody goes, no, there's not. Y yes, there is. <laughs> is it? it's right there. And, you know, and then it starts, you know, crapping everywhere. And you're like, okay, there's an elephant in the room. No, no, no. I think that's just something with maybe the plumbing's backed up. No, there's an elephant in the room. <laughs> so let's talk about it rather than just sticking our head in the sand and, and hold people accountable. And, and, you know, I say that I say, hold people accountable. I think what I really mean by that is let's all do what we can to make sure that those who are affected by this get help and that we stop letting this happened to our veterans and to our people and to our citizens and to, uh, you know, our planet, because it's not cool, you know? So yeah. let's talk about the elephant. Oh, I got to get an update. I found out today. I get to have the surgery in Dallas. The bladder. Good went. deal. Good deal, dude. That's awesome. That's um, I was worried about you with that. So, you know, I will, the girls, I'll tell you all this. I was really worried about Kevin. I told him, I was like, man, dude, you know, cause so many of these people that I've been working with, they're, you know, they get sick and you know, they, some of the people in the film that I interviewed are, are gone now. And, oh. um, and I was worried about Kevin and he just goes, dude, I've been dealing with this since I was like a baby. I got this thing. Don't worry about me. I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just wild. It's wild. One. Well, I want to thank you for doing the documentary just for the simple fact that prior to knowing Kevin, I had no clue even having a father who has suffered from the side effects of Agent Orange. I never knew that it went generation after generation. So I'm thankful that you're doing it to bring even more awareness out there because it's huge. Well, thank yeah. you. You know, I, I, I just tell people all the time, you know, hope is not lost. Um, if you, if you don't, you know, if, if your dad had was your mom or your dad, or your grandfather was exposed to Agent Orange and you don't have any health problems. Awesome. But just make sure you get your checkups a little bit more often than most people do. Make sure that you're getting all those things because there are so many different um, situations and things where something could have been or couldn't have been, you know, and you've got to understand that people go, there's all this sickness and all this stuff that happens in, in the States. But the thing that you have to understand is that there were as much as like 14 times the amount of dioxin 
uh, sprayed in Vietnam than what was sprayed here because of, you know, and I don't want to get too much into the movie there, but it, it's an insane little, you know, it's an insane little bit of information that you just sit there and you just shake your head that you would, you would sit there and just, if you were having just a rational conversation with someone, you would just sit there and just go, no, there's no way that all this, yes, it happened. Absolutely happened. And then if you really want to, like I said, read that uh, book or get the audio book that, um, that uh, Elmore did and you sit there and just go, Oh my, you just shake your head just because you can't believe it. You just can't believe all the nonsense. So um, it, it's been an honor to do this and it's been an honor to tell the story and, and I'm going to keep telling the story, you know, and who knows, probably th we'll probably do burn pits down the road, you know, because that's, it's, they're not stopping, you know, there's just oh, not stopping. Okay. So you know, hopefully we can uh, get a handle on it and get some politicians on board who just kind of help shut this thing down, but we'll see. Hopefully. Where, where can people reach you at <clears throat> if they want to tell their story? Um, you can go to, um, I would really appreciate if people would go to the Lost Pirate Pictures uh, web, uh, YouTube um, page or if they go to Instagram or Facebook. And um, I'm trying to make sure that I put more stuff on there and keep that more engaged. But if you want to know and keep up with it, just go to Lost Pirate Pictures and we'll have a website soon. Um, you think I'd already have that done now, but um, I've been working on so many other things at the same time. So um, Lost Pirate Pictures on Instagram, on Facebook um, and I think we have a Twitter and but uh, YouTube. So go do that and then you'll be posted up. And uh, when they get in, we're going to enter the film into festivals and do that kind of thing. And then I'll, I'll, I'm going to take the film on the road. So I'm going to be on the road. So if people want me to come to their uh, post, you know, uh, VFW post or American Legion, or if you just have a, you know, a gathering of people that you want to get together and we'll come and we'll show the movie and we'll uh, we'll talk and, and see what we can do to keep working together to, you know, to, to keep bringing this to the light. That'll be awesome because awesome, I'm quite sure um, there are probably some Ambits posts the guys would appreciate coming and seeing it and stuff. Wonderful. I'd love to. And me and Sophie probably could get people down here, I'm sure. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I, it's, I just, I want, I just want this out. I want this message. Like I said before, um, I just want people to leave the room. And go, if you watch the, we did a little teaser. It's not a trailer. We did a little teaser for, um, for some veterans that they were, you know, kind of wanting to know about what the film was about. And we did it. And one of the guys, um, uh, my friend Willie, he's, he's passed away now, but he was covered in chloracne. And he said, well, what can I do? Now, mind you, this is Ken Gamble vouching for me. We're in Ken, I'll never forget it. We're in Ken Gamble's car or his SUV. And we're sitting out in front of my house when I lived in Nashville. And we're talking to Willie and Willie's telling me that at any given time he's covered, he's got a, anywhere about a hundred sores all over his body. And the people, local oh, people around there called him Band-Aid man. It's chloride. And it was horrible. And he said, you know, they'd just get so big and they would just, you know, bust open. And he goes, it was, you know, it, it was just bad. And I said, um, I said, uh, I have to ask you something. And he's like, yeah. And I said, will you, um, will you pose nude for me? And, and, and Willie, you got to know this guy. He's just, uh, he, he was just, well, one of a kind. There was nobody like this guy. And I said to him, I said, uh, I said, will you pose nude? And he's like, uh, <laughs> and I said, I heard this lady tell one time about when she watched the movie Psycho that, you know, when the knife came through the shower curtain and this woman from that time on always had a clear shower curtain. And she said, I never could forget it. I just never could forget it. When I closed my eyes at night, I just never could forget that thing. And I thought that's a powerful visual. 
you know? And yeah. so it's so easy to get up from a movie and walk away and go, oh, and they'll say, well, what was that movie about? Oh, it was about, you know, something, something, something. But when you have a Vietnam veteran who is standing in front of you nude, covered in sores all over his body, and you can't close your eyes and forget that image. And I said, this is what I, this is why I want to do it. Will you do it? He said, for you, I will. He goes, I'll do it for you. And so we went up there and up to the very time he said, so are you sure that it, I can't just do this in my underwear? And I'd say, <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say, well, buddy, you can if you want to. And he go, no, no, no. I know you want me to be naked. Okay. The whole, you know, the, the uh, serial killer thing, whatever we're talking about, the shower curtain. And I'd say, yeah, that's it. And, and uh, when uh, he did the scene and then he called his, uh, he called his daughter, Stacy, and he says, well, he says, I got to tell you something. And she says, what's that? And he goes, I did the film. And uh, she goes, yeah. She goes, Dad, I'm proud of you. And he goes, I just want to tell you something else. And he goes, what's that? He goes, um, I made a dirty movie. <laughs> and he just thought that was so funny that he was telling everybody that he was in dirty pictures now because he, he posed oh. nude. You know, so he was, he was a wonderful guy. Love it, but but guys, thank you for having me so much. I really appreciate it. And anytime you want me on, I'm it's it's been an, an honor and a, and a pleasure. Go on. Well, thank definitely. you. Yes, we really appreciate it, and we look forward to everything. Uh, when you when you get closer, if you want to come back on and pump the video again, we are more, more than happy to have you. Absolutely, we're going to do it. Absolutely. All right, All right thank you guys. Yeah, have thank a good night. You. Take care. Bye bye.